We car collectors, we all have our favorite series, right? Anecdotally speaking, it seems like much of the time our choices are nostalgia-based, i.e. the first series of which you wanted the complete set, which, in my case, was 1971 Topps Baseball, and 1972 Topps Baseball, and 73, and 74, and 71, you get the point. In other instances, it's more of an historical thing, an aesthetic thing, a classic thing, series that you didn't necessarily grow up with, but rather series that you learned about during your collecting journey. Maybe that series says to you, I'm going to make you the envy of all of your collector friends. Or maybe that series says to you, get me graded and slapped at CSG, of course, and hold on to me tight because someday I might be able to pad your bank account. On this episode, we're going to talk to a couple of card heads who have their favorite series that kind of fall into both categories. And I have a pretty good hunch it'll lead to the sort of discussion that'll make you want to collect this. Welcome to Collect This, powered by CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Here's your host, Alan Goldscher. All right, so before we dive into what is undoubtedly going to be an amazing conversation with legendary collector David Hall, and um, I guess you can call him my pseudo-boss, Mark Salzberg, uh, I have a little something I would like to read y'all. Check it out. <clears throat> Here is a special deal for you awesome, awesome Collect This listeners. Head over to csgcards.com slash join, select premium, and use the promo code COLLECTTHIS, and you can join CSG at the premium level for just $99, $50 off the regular price. What? Not only that, but you'll get a $150 same as cash credit, so the price of membership pays for itself. But wait, there's more. You'll get access to exclusive benefits like discounts on select add-on services, 24-7 online submission tracking, and 10% off at the CCG store. Once again, csgcards.com slash join, select premium, and use the code COLLECTTHIS. Get your grade on with CSG. Uh, hey, Mark Salzberg, you're a big muckety-muck over at CCG right now. Uh, what's your title? What do you do? I'm chairman of uh, CCG. Yeah, I yeah. founded CCG. And uh, I, I'm a leader of U.S. Coins. Um, and David, what's your uh, what's your lot in life aside from being an amazing longtime collector? Well, since I left Collectors Universe, I'm I'm now just going to the office every day and pretending to be a coin dealer. <laughs> I'm also extremely active buying and selling uh, uh, baseball cards, uh, sport all sports cards, um, and. Um, uh, concert posters and also some decorative arts and uh the one good thing about uh your company mark is your expertise so mark uh besides being one of the world's best coin graders and i know because he used to be in the grading room at pcgs and and his eye is incredible he's one of the best ever okay He's also a multi-market expert, and there aren't a lot of us around. You're right. You're right. Uh, but this guy knows not just coins, but other markets. And once you know the other markets, you get a feel for how the markets work. When I used to go out to dinner with the stamp dealers, they'd say stamps are different, and and I would, sorry, lie to them and say, yeah, I know. <laughs> But they really aren't. 
Okay. If I go to dinner with a record dealer, coin dealer, currency dealer, sports dealer, (coughs) everything is the same. The conversation, only the lingo is a little different. So Mark, besides, you know, having uh, the ultimate expertise in coins is a multi-market expert. That's why your card grading service is exciting for me because, uh, you know, people have come to me and said, hey, you want to start a card grading service? And I went, no, it's too big a mountain to climb. But if anybody can get there and do it right, it's Mark and his team. So I look forward to seeing you guys be successful. It's only good for our market. And I'm very happy you're doing it. And I hope you get into some of the other verticals that need your expertise. Mark, it sounds like we should put them on our marketing team. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know how to respond to that other than thank you for those kind words. But, you know, he's right in the sense that fundamentally... There's a there's there there's a there's a lot of similarities in in uh, what we what he mentioned, and um, you know it's about authenticity, grading, connoisseurship, uh, having knowledge of rarities, things that don't show up, originality, and you know we at CCG have built something where people feel comfortable because the holder is protective it's archival this grading system which is a, a you know a language we speak is um we speak the language whatever that vertical is uh when we protect the the artifact we we honor it um and that's why we remain switzerland and we're a resource as david knows you know uh and he's being really modest here i i i Talking about David Hall, we w- we would, I would not be where I am today, and we would not. The collectibles world would not be where today if it were not David Hall. Thank first, you. The first to uh, encapsulate coins, essentially, and build the registry, and just get it right with cards, and you know, um, his 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 uh, his footprint is large and um forever uh altered the landscape of collectibles in the world that's beautiful um mark neither you or nor i are uh, we do we've we've don't know as much about cards as david hall has forgotten right um but we do know what t206s are I'm going to let him dive deep and explain the whole backstory, the whole history, because I think it's fascinating. But Mark, when I say to you, a non-hardcore sports guy, you're the coin guy. When I say T206, what do you think of? I think of uh, Ty Cobb. I think about, you know, going to a flea market with my mom mm-hmm. in the, you know, the 80s, early 80s. And you could buy like stacks of this stuff. You know, there was and I would look at it and there was an instinct in me that said you should buy these things. But I, I, it was, you know, these were early, um, I was into, you know, the, the, I was into the Mets and the Yankees and, and football cards and I still have that material, but I was always drawn to, uh, for some reason coins did it for me, mm-hmm. you know, the cards were too fragile. And then I, I think what took it out of me with cards is that I was trading them with friends and I always got the best of me and I lost my great Yankee cards and I got pissed off and just went into <laughs> coins full, full, full. I can, I feel you. I feel you. Um, all right, David, collectors know what T206 is, right? But they don't know the true backstory. Tell us everything you need to know. I'm going to get off the mic right now. I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. So sports cards kind of go in eras based on the product. 
The first product was tobacco. And you can see Tito Zips was 1909 to 1911. You can get contemporary newspaper articles that say, you know, an investigative reporter, are the tobacco companies trying to addict our young people to young boys to cigarettes by putting baseball cards with them? Of course, the answer was yes. <laughs> okay, so it's tobacco. Then uh, uh, after the uh, Tobacco Trust, which put out all the different backs of the T206, was broken up by Theodore Roosevelt and his butt buddies, uh, it became gum. And people don't realize how big gum was. Uh, the Gowdy Company, Horrors of War, 1936 to 1938 sold 100 million pieces of bubble gum. It's yeah, I when when I found that out I just it was hard to imagine. Uh they had the the world by the cojones and you know then Tops came in and did a a, a better job. But uh so it was gum in the 30s and the classic set is the 1933 Gowdy, but there are others. And 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 then the post-war thing uh was also uh gum and uh, it was led by Tops and Bowman to a certain extent. And and it goes by kind of like eras. And to understand sports cars, if anybody is asking my advice, I would just say the Hall of Fame is forever. Okay, so the alt Honus Wagner will always be Honus Wagner. Ty Cobb will always be Ty Cobb. Babe Ruth. Okay, I like to now that the new cards are a big thing, and I don't understand them, so I'm not going to say yay or nay. All I know is that Yamaran, the basketball player, is fun to watch on the ESPN top tens. You know, he does things with his body on his dunks that are you know, uh, out of this universe, but I just don't think he's as important as Jackie Robinson. Okay. And, and Jackie Robinson may be one of the most important people in the 20th century of not our country's history. You know, his cards are so, uh, iconic and so important. And when people talk about how can, you know, a grown man pay $12 million for a piece of cardboard. Uh, the answer is simple. If you understand our culture, sports are a huge part of our culture. And these people are passionate about their teams and their uh, favorite heroes. If you watch a YouTube of Billy Crystal talking about Mickey Mantle, he literally has tears in his eyes. Okay, so that's the kind of passion that people bring to sports in this country. Back to T206, the American uh, Tobacco Company, which is this huge trust owned by Duke. Okay, and so they, they did the different backs uh, 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 of these 535 or so uh, uh, po player poses. Uh, to promote different brands of tobacco. And if you get past its tobacco, 
the the color and it's a much much better card than the other cards of that era mm-hmm. plus the players i mean uh ty cobb was so important there was four ty cobb poses uh three uh christy matthewson's uh two or three walter johnson's uh several cy young's okay when you talk about you know ty cobb honus wagner uh christy matthewson cy young i mean these are are uh first of all among the first players ever put in the baseball hall of fame and you if you put a mount rushmore of baseball players you know those guys uh would be on it so and their cards the price, you know, just keeps going on and on and on. You know, the Ty Cobb cards, even in the lowest grades, are now, uh, you know, worth thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. People want to uh, buy these uh, sports icons. I got involved in T206 because, you know, I was looking for something to do with my time, and I'm, uh, I have this collector's sickness. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh i think it was mastro had an auction and they had 39 drum backs which is one of the rarest backs and i looked at it and i went this is uh you know like uh for your coin people it's like a uh uh you know a uh uh, a rare ultra rare uh sheldon number you know the uh uh the stars reverse 1794 penny or something and they were selling for like 1800 to 2000 okay so i just bought all 39 cars i bought every lot you know they probably thought the company thought i was crazy but i had to pay a little bit more for vic willis because he's a hall of famer but and they're in nice condition okay and i thought how can i get these ultra rare cards for 1800 dollars and then I looked at it and thought, you know what? I think I'll try to do a back collection. And it became like a nine-year journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I think, about 5,400, 5,500 backs, different backs uh, on the cards. And I had over 5,000, and I've been told nobody's ever had 3,000. Mm. And uh, there's, I found there was this whole subculture of t 20 six collectors there's websites there's you know so these cards are are uh something interesting if you like the history of baseball and the early history and the rarity uh by the back is really something that mark i assume you guys uh identify the back on your holder and it, it uh the um you know, I sold all mine through auction, and now they're worth more than I sold them for, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I'm still a happy person. <laughs> and but uh, you know, these the, you know people should look at this, and this is a uh, uh, this is an interesting set, as are the other sports set. And now you know, uh, March Company getting involved in the grading is uh, you know another plus in this market. Um. Gonna go off the the rails a little bit here. I'd ask Mark. Here's a weird question: When you were reeling off the names of these T206 cards, and I want to talk about the aesthetics of those cards momentarily. Uh, you mentioned Christy Matthews, you mentioned Walter Johnson, and you know, a- as a baseball fan growing up, 
those were the players that I was a little obsessed with, the, the, the fastballers, right? The original fastballers. But there seems to be a bias in the hobby against pitchers, right? Collectors seem to be less interested in pitchers than they do position players. Mark, why do you think that is? I think pitching is an art. And yes, I know you're only on the mound once every four, five, six days. But why? Why are people as hyped about a Walter Johnson card as they are about a Honus Wagner card? So you're asking me? Yeah. Okay. So I say I don't know, um, but and the reason is I'm, I, I'm not a I'm not a card guy. But I can tell you, in the art world, there was a similar bias towards female artists, Ooh. and now that's changing. Um, and now these female artists are being collected by museums, and they're they're coming into their own as they should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think what you know, there's a lot there that David said. It's very very interesting as far as like the culture, the but the people that are collecting these things, the guys who are paying big money for them, these are real hitters, right? And so, um, there's a there's sort of like this. You know, there's a, as he said, we're getting into grading that adds to the credibility. And if somebody else is paying $5 million for a card, you're like, okay, that's, that's, that guy's legitimate. He's, he owns a, you know, a a professional football team or baseball team. You know, that's where, that's who's, that's the customer, right? That's the collector and it's real. So it goes towards, um, there's certain nuances within each category of collecting or people, there might be a, somebody who's just focused on, you know, like David, which is remarkable that he got that many backs on these two T206s, but that influences the marketplace. So it could be somebody I suspect has just not focused on these pictures. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually that goes away because you, there's a connoisseurship here that, uh, you know, eventually wins out. The rare stuff wins out, ultimately wins out. Um, the T206s have such a distinct look, right? It evokes an era. It evokes the brand. But back then, branding wasn't really a thing, right? They just said, we're making our cards. Here's how they're going to look. Um, was there any kind of plan on that? Or was it just the circumstance of the time? This is how we posed people. This is how we took the photographs. I, I, what was the thinking behind the T206? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, and I haven't researched that part of it, but as a businessman, look, it was done by the tobacco companies. Okay. They wanted people to buy their cigarettes yeah. and their tobacco. And uh, so that, and the brand, okay, the brand, uh, the back thing didn't really work that much. So my favorite card is actually not the Honus Wagner, but the Ty Cobb with the Ty Cobb tobacco. Love it. Back, love it okay uh, which i think is one of the best baseball cards of all time and it didn't really take off uh people and you know it's certainly the right name to ma- name if you're going to name it after a player but the brand was the player okay right so it's like mickey mantle is the the big deal post-war uh why okay uh because he was everybody's hero. He was Billy Crystal's hero. And uh, even though, you know, Hank Aaron and Willie Mays were better, slightly mm-hmm, better. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the big heroes were the position players. There were a few pitchers. Okay. Certainly Walter Johnson, Christy Matthewson in their day. And then post-war Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, you know, these guys could make or break a team. But the position players, and you can, if you look at it on a 
economic basis. You know, Aaron Judd just signed for whatever, $360 million. He's a position player. Mm-hmm. And the other big contracts, Mookie Betts, uh, Mike Trout, those are the top three guys. They're position players. Yeah. Uh, all out outfielders, by the way, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, and, and the people want to see a home run. Uh, I don't know if you've ever sat through a no-hitter. David, that has been one of my dreams, is to attend a (laughs) no-hitter. Well, it's boring until the last two innings. Mm. But when a guy hits a long one, even if it doesn't go out, you stand up to see if it's going to go over the fence. And so Aaron Judd and these guys, Mike Trout, who hit it over the fence, they put they the crowds come to see them uh they don't come to see clayton kershaw although he's an all-time great pitcher they it's just not as it's a nine inning ordeal to watch your favorite pitcher <laughs> and it's you know four times you get in a baseball game you get to see mike trout up there and you go ooh. if i turn into the tv it's like i go okay which batter are they on when is mike trout or Shohei Otani going to be up. Uh-huh. I will there is wait a- for those guys. Uh, is Aaron Judd going to be up this inning? You know, you, that's who you want to see, which is why I think of that. And, you know, the, the baseball teams are there to win, and they pay the most mi- money to the people who can help them win. And so they're paying the most money to position players. So if the professionals who put a lot of money on the line think the position players are more valuable, they probably are. Well, like like Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox famously said, chicks dig the long ball. Um, let's talk let's let's talk a personal love. Okay. My favorite T206 card, and it's a weird one, but I'm a Chicago guy. Uh, there are a couple of Mordecai Three Finger Brown cards that I just have an affinity for. Um, David, what's your favorite? Taking Honus out of the equation. Everybody loves Honus Wagner. We all know and love that. But what's your kind of favorite deep cut uh, T206 card? Well, uh, I I like Ty Cobb uh, because, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I read the book about him. And at the time, it was interesting. When I was a kid, which is going back to the 50s, okay, there were a couple people that we idolize that aren't so much anymore. When I was in school, we were taught that George Washington was a father of our country. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, the Babe Ruth. He was everything. Now it's, you know, maybe Kennedy or Obama or Rose, whatever. Anyway, and Ty Cobb was one of those. It was Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and Bob Cousy. Those were the people you idolized when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So the Ty Cobb cards for me, and this one with the Ty Cobb on the back is such a rarity, and it's such a combo that, that that's my favorite. Not only the Ty Cobb with the Ty Cobb back is not only my favorite T206, it's probably my favorite sports card of all time. But the, the whole set is just, it's, it's, it's fun. It's and it really is. you know, and it's fun to read. It's fun to read about them. Yeah. And some guys, uh, you know, uh, Hal Chase, you know, who is a a dirty creep, or you know, the Eddie Collins, who I think graduated from Columbia or something, mm-hmm. to read about them and 
how they got there. It's an interesting time for baseball. And the Tito 6 set was so much larger with over 500 images than any other set that it just it dwarfs every uh, pre-war set until the 1933 Gowdy. Uh, hey, Alex. David, a question? Yes, sir. David, did you, did you keep that uh, Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb, or did you just sell everything? I, I sold everything, and then uh, my wife, who, who you've met and uh, is very smart, she uh, said, why are you selling the Ty Cobb? Shouldn't we keep them? <laughs> mm. And I'm going, you mean the ones we paid four and 5000 for that are selling for 30000 <laughs> At a certain point, you hit the bid. So then I gave her uh, one of each of the four. And then for Christmas, I put in her stocking a tie cob with a tie cob back. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, she went great. Kind of a nice Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know, I can again. I, you know, it's interesting. I collect. I'm a collector of coins, U.S. coin, world, ancient coins, and and I don't collect like David, but most people do. They try to complete a set. Complete a set. For me, it was. Yeah. For me, it was. Um, is just finding like freaks of nature, things mm. that really exist. Then uh, I've talked about this before. Things that typify my collection are, you know, Civil War era coins that are just superb gem. Like they just never, they never saw the light of day. That's just the way they were struck. Right. right. You and I have seen so many things in coins. For a coin to take our breath away, it has to be special. So yeah. You're eighteen. You're 1864, two and a half or something. Yeah. And if I look at that, I just go, wait a minute. Wait, a, what universe yeah. did this coin come from? <laughs> so yeah, if you fix the stomach, and I probably graded ten million coins. You know, David seems probably similar amount. You know, when it, there, one, when you see something you haven't seen before that kicks you in the stomach, you know, you you kind of have to possess it. And so it's interesting to me that David built this over a period of time. You also built a ten lip. $10 Liberty collection, I thought was very impressive. And that stuff has gone through the roof, man. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's also a, a sense of value as well that we have over a period of time that translates to other collectibles. So that's, you know, that's another similar, that's a similar vein in all these collectibles. Well, putting together a set is um, fun. So for uh, people who maybe can't afford a Honus Wagner, maybe they look at the 1971 top set, which is conditionally challenged because of the black board. <laughs> well put, well put. And, uh, you know, put together that set. Or uh, uh, if you can afford a Jordan uh, rookie, put together that basketball set with all those Hall of Famers. But putting together a set is fun. And, and it's okay, you know, now that you have graded commons, to understand that some of the commons, it's not really the right term. It's more like non-star. Mm -hmm. They're not really common. Some of them are impossible to find in high grade. I'm in the process of putting together what I hope to be the biggest Ernie Banks card collection in the history of mankind. Um, hey, let's talk about gum for a second. When I was a kid, right? 
I'd buy my tops and I would I would just to torture myself chew the freaking gum in there, which was harder than the cards. Right. Uh, I, I, I feel like it was kind of a joke on children. Like you're going to buy this. All right, you're going to chew this. You can keep the cards, but you're going to suffer along the way. Tell me a little bit if you can expound more on um, the Gaudi gum story and the 1933 series that we so know and love. Well, uh, the you know, uh, Gowdy had the world. The and for bubble gum was a big deal in the 1930s. It was a huge market, and Gowdy owned it. And uh, you know, they put out the baseball cards, I guess, to help their gum sales, which kind of didn't need help. <laughs> and uh, thankfully for us, we have this, you know great set that you know there's the two the three sets that are the monsters are t206 1909 1911 1933 gaudi and 1952 tops but it but uh all of those baseball cards from the classic era and note that the hall of fame now has voting committees and one of them is pre-1980 committee and it's called the classical era committee for players or executives or whatever who made their contribution prior to 1980 so if you look at tops and you look at 54 55 56 you know with the double pictures they're so gorgeous uh you know for a person to put a graded set a complete set of 54 or 55 or 56 tops together that's a huge accomplishment mm -hmm. that'll take uh, patience and time and be a lot of fun. And you'll learn a lot about players. Mark, I want to talk to you about the aesthetics of these cards. Um, the Tito sixes, the Gaudis and the 52 tops, they're works of art, right? Uh, there are other cards that are series out there that are equally or more beautiful, but what is it about the look of these three particular series in question that keeps that keeps collectors coming back and excited and willing to drop these insane amounts of money on these cards. Um, I'm the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> you should ask David that question. Okay, I'll ask David. Well, uh, <laughs> it, it's not. Yeah, they. You know, there was marketing and art involved, and certainly Cy Berger with what he did with Fifty Two Tops to steal them literally steal the market from uh uh from bowman was interesting but it's more a lot of it is just tradition mm -hmm. okay so it's like uh you know you ask about position players and honus wagner why is he more than walter johnson it's just kind of tradition and uh a lot of it is is what we were as children in my opinion, so I've told the story, but I'll tell it for for you guys. And I think it was 1994, the American Numismatic Convention was held in Anaheim. So the ANA came to us, PCGS, and said, "Will you help us? We want to pass out rare coins into uh, the the public." And so the deal was. Uh, I think we put up 15 grand and bought silver quarters and uh, Buffalo nickels. And then we spent them and they did an ad in the LA Times. Well, look at your change. 
if you have a buffalo nickel or whatever then come to the coin show so to get them out in the public uh i called uh jerry bus who was a coin collector the oh, rest in peace the owner of the showtime lakers a uh, big coin collector he had a 13 nickel liberty nickel he had a four dollar of course uh and uh Jerry Buss and I drove around Orange County and bought uh, potato chips and Diet Cokes <laughs> with silver quarters and buffalo nickels. And, <laughs> and this is where tradition and your youth comes in. Mm -hmm. So the one coin that he almost begged me to let him spend was we had a Cirque 1909 SVDB penny. And so he bought a Diet Coke with some silver quarters and an SVDB penny. But the point is, when he was a child, the coin that mattered was the 1909 SVDB and the 1913 Liberty Nickel and the 1804 dollar, okay? Uh, which aren't, you know, I know, Mark, I don't know if you still have your extremely high relief 20, but I'd rather have that. Yeah, and a thirteen nickel, just because of what it is. But it's it. They they were so famous for so long, and Honus Wagner was so uh, glorified uh, for so long. And, and so part of it is tradition, and part of it is what happened when you were a kid. So yep. Billy Crystal obviously idolized Mickey Mantle. Uh, one vertical you might want to look at, Mark, is uh, records. Okay, yep. and I'll be glad to talk to you about that. So as will I. I used to. <laughs> I'll get in on that I, conversation. I used to own, you know, Good Rockin' Tonight, the largest rare record auction company. So uh, a little bit later, I'm bidding at a guy's auction who's the one of the major dealers now, and I'm bidding on a Holly's record for ten bucks or something. And I said, uh, did Graham Nash buy from you? <laughs> and he said, no. Did he buy from you? And I went, yeah. And when he called on the phone, the girls would fight to see who got to talk to him. And he said, what did Graham Nash buy? Okay. He bought what was popular when he was in high school. Yeah. So early Rolling Stones, early B Okay. So when we were kids, you know, uh, what mattered then? So I don't know how to translate it into the future, okay? Uh, I guess uh, Josh Allen is okay, but, <laughs> I mean, he's not the same as Johnny Unitas to me. Yeah, it's all, it's all about the nostalgia. Like, that's something I've spoken to um, numerous colleagues of mine at, at CSG and CCG and numerous collector friends of mine. Why there's such a positive vibe amongst collectors is because we're, we're going back to our youth. We're celebrating our youth with this stuff that when we were kids, we took for complete granted, right? And now we want these. So like, what, what music do you listen to? You listen to the music from your youth. Oh, 100%, David. I you know, I'm a jazz guy first and foremost. I fell in love with jazz when I was like in my um early teens, and I find myself when I'm doing like my playlists for my workouts in the morning, I'm always busting out my John Coltrane stuff. I'm always busting out my Miles Davis stuff because that's what makes me feels good, right? It makes me feel good. Here I am later in my life, uh, working, child, busy all the time, and when I want to unplug, I want to unplug. And when I want to unplug, I want to unplug with something that's like a nice warm pillow. 
Alright, let me ask you guys this. The 1952 Top Series, and I'll, I'll let you guys decide who wants to take this one. I, I mentioned in the intro, I mentioned in the intro that the first series, the one that we wanted to complete, that's kind of when we become collectors, right? And for me, it was the, the 70s tops, so 71, 72, 73, on up through 76, 77. Those were the ones I wanted. We don't get to the 52 Topses and the, the T206s and the 33 Gaudis until later in our lives when we have a little more knowledge, when we have a little more money, right? At what point in y'all's respective collecting lives did the 52 Tops get onto your radar? So I'll just give you a little uh, story. I was sitting in the uh, grading room at PC Jess in 1986, maybe the, maybe the beginning of 87. David walks in. And again, I collected cards when I was younger. And, you know, maybe I'm pre-dimensional. I don't remember a lot about it. And I focused on coins. And, uh, but I, I never forget David sat down and we would grade together and he would ask me questions and I would tell him what I thought about stuff. And he shows me a Mickey Mantle, 52 Mickey Mantle. And he goes, what do you think of this? And, and <laughs> I, I remember telling David this story and I, I don't know if he remembers it, but, um, he told me, I, I recall the number being like 82,000. There was a two. 50, 50. 50,000 50, and he's like 50,000 I just bought this thing for $50,000 I'm like are you out of your mind it's cardboard right I like I had no concept <laughs> that you know and, and that card today is that is that the one that sold for 12 million or is it better no it's Marshall <laughs> Fogel's 10 oh my god you 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 had Marshall Fogel's 10 oh my god so that's twenty million at the you know yes, the yes. I hope my wife is not watching will not watch this podcast. <laughs> so I bought it for fifty thousand in nineteen ninety three, and people uh -huh. thought I was crazy. And I'm sitting there, and I thought he was crazy. And I but, and then but, uh, I put it in auction in ninety eight, and it brought one twenty to Marshall, and uh, which was a, a huge price at the time. In fact. Sports Collectors Digest called me up and said, "Is it was this a real sale or a phony sale?" I said, "You got a lot of nerve asking me that. I bet you don't ask Barry Halper that question." But anyway, <laughs> and so now it's worth you know twenty million. Okay, and do I wish I still had it? Yeah, but it worked out okay because you know I sold my other cards and bought other stuff, and it's it's all okay. But the bridge, I think, is the player. Okay. So, uh, you, you can't, you have Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and Mickey Mantle, Koufax, okay, and you're collecting in the 60s or the 70s or whatever. And then you start, okay, well, I want Mantle a little bit earlier. And then you start to learn about it. The structure of the card market was kind of interesting. I don't know if you'll remember this, Mark, but. We're at the Long Beach show and whenever, 1981. And card dealers would come around and they'd have their little thing of sports cards and try to sell them to the coin dealers. Yeah. It's like 54 tops. Okay, well, here's Yogi Berra. He's $5. Uh, Whitey Ford, $5. Oh, Willie Mays? Oh, he's more. Okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Okay, Willie Mays is $20. Okay. And that sort of started it. And uh, 
the grading thing in 19, you know, we launched PCGS in 86 and we're very successful right out the door. Uh, and, and 91, I felt that it worked for cards, even though all the card dealers, uh, like colonial coin collectors said, no, no, no. People like to hold the cards in their hand. They don't want to put them in older. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so in 91, we started PSA. Uh, we lost $10,000 a month for three years. We broke even for three years. So after six years, the other partners in PCGS came to me and said, David, what are we doing here? It's, you know, six years and we're minus 400,000. I go, it'll be okay. Just wait. And, <laughs> It'll and, be fine. and what started it off really was uh home run derby with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, mm, where we used yep. to get one or two Mark McGuire cards in a month. Now all of a sudden people were giving us 500 or a thousand at a time. And, uh, and then the set registry happened. Uh, one of the things was when I auctioned my set then, like my 52 set, which had all the commons graded and people got the idea to put together sets of graded cards. So, you know, you can buy the stars if you want, kind of like Mark does with coins, or you can put together a complete set. Now, a, a, by the way, my battery's getting low, but a complete set of graded cards, that's an accomplishment. Try it. Pick out your favorite set and try to get one of each in a high grade graded. It, it's a big accomplishment and it's something worthwhile to do. All right, well, we're going to wrap this up because I don't want to lose David before uh, before I'm done asking all the questions. Um, before I do let you go, we're recording this on December 12th. Hanukkah is about six days away. Uh, in my Hanukkah sock, d similarly to how you hooked your wife up with a Ty Cobb card, uh, can you get me uh, a Tinker's Evers and Chance uh, set of T206s, please? Pretty please? Pretty please with sugar on top? That would be a good present. It would be a good present. Uh, my pseudo boss, Mark Salzberg, David Hall, collector extraordinaire. Thank you guys so much for schooling me. I learned so much about old cars, old coins, and, and just guys who have been there and done that. Thanks for joining me. Mark, uh, it's so great to be with you again. And you know how much I respect you and how happy I am that you're uh, grading baseball cards and wish you all the success in the world. Well, thank you so much, David. It's, it's humbling to be with you. You're extraordinary. I'm sitting here going, why didn't I get to know you intimately? You know, pick, <laughs> get, get, pick, pick your brain early, early on. It's, yeah. you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm still relatively young and we'll do more of this. There's much that David said there that we can unpack from where he had a little bit of regret selling great things, but, you know, all the way to the trends. There's just so much more that we could talk about. A great honor today, and my pleasure. Man, we we will do this again soon, right, gentlemen? Yes, a lot of fun for me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Whether it's a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card, a Tom Brady playoff contenders rookie card from 2000, or, I don't know, a Marv Throneberry card that came out of a post cereal box in 1963, and yes, that's a thing. Certified Sports Guarantee will grade your sports cards quickly and accurately. A subsidiary of Certified Collectibles Group, CSG graded over 1 million cards in its first year plus on the sports collecting scene, the fastest any grading company has hit that mark. 
to speedy turnaround times provided by the knowledgeable, passionate team of expert sports car graders will make your CSG experience smooth, efficient, and most importantly, fair. Regardless of the athlete, the sport, or the condition of your card, CSG will treat it with the love and respect it deserves. For more information about CSG, visit csgcards.com. That's CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. We hope you enjoyed Collect This, powered by CSG. Collect This was hosted, written, produced, engineered, and scored by Alan Goldscher. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at collectthis at csgcards.com. 